going to take it. Two legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. All right, welcome in another episode of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. He's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman. And uh, we've got the NBA playoffs in the rearview mirror, Bob, but that doesn't mean there's not things to talk about. Oh. We've got a, we've got a new coaching hire, Bob, and you know exactly who Nate Bjorkren is. You know you, you know him. You know his whole resume. You can you can write his bio right now. You can write his bio, Nate Bjorkren. I hope right I'm saying now, it correctly. Right now, I could. Twenty four hours ago, I couldn't. I'll be totally honest. That one. Utterly blindsided me. I did not know of his existence on this earth. I did not know him as an assistant in Phoenix. I did not know him uh, as an assistant in Toronto. I did not know him. But what I did find out, I've done some research. Okay, you've done you've he's done a your Nick nurse guy. Yeah, okay. and he's from Storm Center, Storm Lake, Iowa. Not to be confused with Clear Lake, where that's where the music died on February second, nineteen. 19- 59 in case you're wondering i have no idea what that means bob what does that mean that's the buddy that's the buddy holly uh, big bopper okay richie valens that's where they died in clear lake iowa but not storm lake they want to get i'm sure i was confused i thought it was the same place all right norm nate bjorken um he is a a nurse guy and i happen to be in iowa in des moines the day that nick nurse was introduced as the coach of the iowa energy in 2007 right really in fact, I was on the broadcast. Yeah. And uh, don't ask. That's another story. We'll do that for another day. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, his resume, Iowa Energy, Dakota, Iowa again, Bakersfield. And then he got into the, with the Suns in 15 and then Toronto with, with his man, Nurse. Um, fun fight. He went to, after he left uh, his first college, he went to, back home to Buena Vista University. Did you know uh, about Buena Vista University? I have no idea, Bob. I didn't know it. it, it I'm not making fun of him uh, at all. Seriously, I don't want to do that. No, it's a, a school founded in the, in the mid-19th century by the Presbyterians. Uh, and it started out, the first building was an, the Opera House in downtown Buena Vista. And uh, um, here's a couple of alums. Okay, uh, Buena Vista. Athletic alums. Jim Doran is a name that I remember from the Lions in the 50s. Jim Fanning was the first general manager of the Montreal Expos. And it was a a noted baseball executive. And I must admit, I missed Jesse Schmidt, a wide receiver of the Iowa Barnstormers of the uh, the Arena Football League. So there's some of their alums. And so will uh, will Nate Bjorgren go down as the greatest and and, and, uh, most successful person uh, ever to come out of Buena Vista? Well, the leader in the clubhouse is Fanning. And, and, uh, and of course, Doran was a successful player. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but you know what? This, this follows the recent pattern of, of faceless, analytics-driven, I'm sure, uh, coaches in the league. The, the, the old formula yeah. uh, is dead. Now, I'm going to do something. You'll love this. Okay. Still a research, okay? Started covering the league in, in 1969. Uh, 14 team league. Yeah. One, two, three, 
four, five, six, eight. Eleven of the coaches were former players. Wow. Eleven Including of the Including Butch Vibratikoff. I'm counting. Let me play in the NBA briefly for the Knicks in yep. 1947. Yep. I'm just giving you some of these names. You could put it. Okay. Guerin. Richie Guerin with the Hawks. Gene yep. Shue was the Bullets. Tommy Heinsohn with the Celtics. Paul Seymour who uh, with the uh, Detroit Pistons. He had been a, a Syracuse Nat when they won the championship. Okay. Um, Butch Vibratikoff. Larry Costello. Pretty good player. Red Holtzman, of course, had been a player. He was on his 51 championship Rochester Royals. Um, Johnny Kerr, Johnny Red Kerr, maybe the greatest passing center of them all. Um, Jack McMahon, who had been a guard with the Hawks. George Lee was a sub with the with the uh, he was the, he was the coach of the uh, 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 Warriors, and he had been a uh, you know. And yep. Al Bianchi, who was a, a longtime NBA player. That's the that was the general formula to become a coach in the NBA in those days. Ten years later, yeah, how many? We're still player centric. All right, Jerry Sloan, Al Adels, Bob Leonard, Don Nelson, Kevin Lockery, Red Holtzman, Billy Cunningham, Doug Moe, Gene Shue, Lenny Wilkins, all former pros. So there's 10 NBA coaches, okay. former uh, players who are coaches. Today? Yeah, how many? Uh, I didn't do today. <laughs> Tell me, let's, let's go right ahead. <laughs> but there aren't many. Yeah, uh, Doc I mean, Rivers. Doc Rivers, Ty Lue. Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. I mean, there are some, but yeah, you're right. It, it's it, it it feels like some of the, the old players are being recirculated. Again, the Doc Rivers is the Ty Lues. Um, but it's a lot more of if you're an assistant for a successful NBA franchise, um, San Antonio was obviously a big one, right? I mean, they were yes. guys going left and right that were assistant coaches for Pop. Now, is it something where, yeah, Toronto, um, obviously, the, to me, Nick Nurse has done as good a job as anybody in the NBA over the last two seasons. You can't even dispute that. Um, the, form, the formula, the biggest way to get to be an NBA coach right now yep. is to be a, uh, a technician, a, 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 a guy in any organization and work your way up. You don't have to have any college credential. You don't have to have any pro credential. Here's some of the names uh, in the NBA who could all walk down the street, any street in America, including the one in the city where they work. Well, I, and, I'd love to have these guys in front of you, Bob, and you try to pick out who's who. That would be <laughs> – honestly, we should do that. We should try to get you pictures of all these guys and see if you could correctly identify how many you could do. Now, since I wrote an article about this in January in yep. Basketball Times – Three of them have gotten their heads lopped off. Here was who were the, here, were, here were some of the names though. As of January of, of, of and Feb, no, as of the end of the season. Yep. As of May, excuse me, the end of the season was is in September. Okay, you ready? Yep. Brett Brown. Yep. Gone. Mike Miller, Kenny Atkinson, Steve Clifford, James Barrigo, Lloyd Pierce, Mike Budenholzer, Mike Malone, Ryan Saunders, and Jim Boylan. I said they all could be in some sort of coaches' witness protection program. Yeah, you're kidding. They all, they all apprentice one way or the other in these organizations. Now, who is the poster child for this whole thing? Guess who? The two guys who just played for the NBA championship. Yeah, yeah. Frank Vogel. Who's Frank Vogel? Video coordinator years ago. Video. He's a Celtic video coordinator. Right. Who's right. Eric Spolstra? Yeah. He was a Heat. Field. He's going to be a Heat lifer. Wasn't it the battle of the video coordinators? Yes. 
this is how you get to be a coach. You, you pay your dues in that regard. And, 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 you know, the, anyway. the study, Bob, I would love to see a study for which group has been more successful. Now, again, it's yeah. hard because some guys get better jobs, right? To the former players yes. get better jobs than because people rip on the college coaches who go to the NBA. And I always say it's not really fair because most college coaches who go to the NBA don't get very good jobs. You know, like right, Brad exactly. Stevens got a great franchise, not a great job at that point. I mean, they were terrible. He lost 18 straight. Right. I mean, Billy Donovan, you know, obviously he had Westbrook and in, in, in KD when he went there. So yeah. it, it, it's not really apples to apples when you try to compare. But I would love to see, again, the success rate overall of the former player as opposed to the non-player. I think the biggest interesting transition is, is away from, you know, the, we, we had a period of time starting in the, roughly 1968 when college coaches were starting to creep into the NBA. Dick Mata, Cotton Fitzsimmons, Bill Fitch, that crop came in. Dr. Jack had been a, a GM right. interim. You know, he was the GM of the 67 championship yep. 76ers after his fabulously successful career at St. Joe's. Um, so does he qualify as a college guy? Uh, he had a pro, yeah. he had, yeah, you know, okay. But that was, that was a good avenue to get in. Did I mention Dick Mata, who was plucked out of Weber State when no one knew what Weber State was at that time? Dick Mata. Uh, and co- I met Cotton. Uh, I, that was the way to go for a, a book from Butch Ravetikov out of Princeton who went to the Lakers and then later coached the Pistons and the, and the uh, Jazz. Okay. Um, and then uh, they had varying degrees of success. Uh, the only one who ever won a championship, you know, Mata won with the uh, Bullets and Fitch won with the Celtics. Right. Cotton never won. Uh, McLeod never won. Another one, John McLeod out of Oklahoma. When they- do, you, do you like this or not, Bob? Do you, do you generally, are you in favor of this? Or if you're a GM, would you go more the former player route? Well, I just think um, the way it's evolved, I think there's always going to be a player who clearly has the aptitude for it, uh, you know, um, for sure. But not that many are going to want to put in their dues to do that this way, you know, yeah. No player is going to go up the ladder. He's not going to go to the video room and then work. Up. They're going to be on an end. Um, you know, uh, no, I, I don't know. I don't think there's any total right or wrong, but we know what the trend is, you know, and these guys, these, 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 I don't, I don't want to insult them, but these faceless guys that, that have this credential, uh, uh, whether they worked in the, in the CBA, now G League, or whether they. Uh, well, there there uh, are a bunch of points. Listen, the one thing I'll say is looking down the list list right now, you do have a bunch of former point guards or guards. Steve, let me read them to you. There are yeah. there are like 10. Steve Nash, Billy Donovan, Rick Carlisle, not always point guards, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr, Ty Lue. Uh, I'm just scanning down yeah. here. Uh, Doc Rivers, Luke Walton yeah. played. Uh, Quinn Snyder, Scott Brooks. So there, there are a few, but you're right. The number, Monty Williams. Um, so there are some guys who certainly played, but I, I think it's kind of a, a you know, kind of a split right now. And it's interesting yeah. to see, you know, where this thing heads. I, I just, you know, the interesting part, and we'll focus a little bit on the Pacers now. Yeah. Is you get a faceless guy like this and you have a franchise that certainly underachieved a little bit the last couple of years in the playoffs, but I don't consider what they did this past year underachieving because you had Victor Oladipo coming back from the injury and you didn't have Sabonis. Right. So, so that's- me, I wouldn't even have fired, uh, 
to be honest, I, I, I wouldn't have fired uh, uh, Nate. Um, you know, McMillan. yeah, I, I don't think McMillan deserved to be fired after this year. No. Uh, they've got some good pieces. The big key is what do you do with Oladipo? His deal is up after next year, Bob. Yeah. And there are some whispers that he wants out uh, mm-hmm. of Indiana. I don't think he's really a number one guy. I, I know he made the all-star team when he was healthy two years ago. but He's I think a nice he, player. Right. But it's he's like not Donovan a- Mitchell to me. Oladipo and Donovan Mitchell are very similar to me hmm. in, in a sense that they can both get hot and have their unbelievable games. Um, neither one are incredible shooters. They're high, low efficiency, high, uh, you know, yeah. high usage, high, yeah, usage volume, type guy, volume. high volume guys that, again, I don't think they're top 10 players in the league. I think they're probably – Donovan's probably a little bit better than Vic right now, but they're probably somewhere in that – 15 to 25 range yeah. and they're better off as number two guys but let's face it in utah and indiana you're not getting a number one guy. you're not getting a free agent who's going to be a number one guy to come there to play alongside those guys so they're almost forced to be number one guys and they're not good you know, enough to do that I'm glad anymore. you mentioned that i'm glad because i just flashed, thought this flashed across my head i was harping for years on the fact that the celtics could not attract a prime of life free agent and didn't get one you know, uh, uh, until Al Horford. Yeah. And the only reason they got, uh, you know, Ray, Ray Allen was conscripted. He was traded for and Kevin KG. Oh, I'll go there now. Right. You know, he had options. Yep. Uh, I, he had his in control. I'll go there to play with KG and Paul Pierce. I, they couldn't get one. They finally got one. I'm t- I don't know how many of those other old cold cities or those other undesirable, those lesser, you know, uh, off the radar cities, are, are, have ever attracted any prime free agents either, whether it's Milwaukee. You know, of course, boy, there's the big one coming up. We all know. Everybody in the league is, 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 the, 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 is the predators. The, the buzzards are flying, flying and circling around the city of Milwaukee, right? All the, all the NBA buzzards. Yeah, because I, I think unlike <laughs> Kawhi, you know, with Kawhi, you kind of knew who had a real shot with Kawhi. With Giannis, it's almost like you really don't know what he's going to do. With Kawhi, I think everybody knew he wanted to go back home. He wanted to go to L.A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whether it's Lakers, Clippers, he wanted to go back home. With Kawhi, uh, with, with Giannis, it's like, where where does he go from here if he goes? Or is he, or he, is he, is he loyal? Is he loyal yeah. to Milwaukee? And maybe they can, they can pull somebody to play with him. Um, ultimately, they have a number one guy. Although a lot of people after the postseason this year would say Giannis wasn't a number one guy in the playoffs because he can't shoot. Um, and that's the key, right? All those guys I mentioned, Oladipo, Donovan, Mitchell, Giannis, are not great shooters. They're streaky shooters. Giannis being they're the sco- – They're scorers of some type, but they're not shooters. So, yeah. I think in today's NBA, to be a number one guy, kind of got to be able to shoot the basketball, don't you? I mean, LeBron may be the exception because he's not a great shooter – but he's so good well, at it's hard. We're, we're, we're talking now about two-time MVP and right. Giannis. So, I mean, he is the exception maybe. Yes. Uh, yeah, but, I, I think but there's is. so often exceptions to every rule, as we also, as we learned to say a long time ago, you know. But as a rule, yeah. yeah. So the Pacers, if, if you're the Pacers and you're Kevin Pritchard and you're trying to figure out what to do, do you keep this core together of, of Oladipo? Mm-hmm. You put Sabonis back in. Do you roll the dice this year or do you trade Oladipo? for what you can get now, because otherwise he could leave you high and dry a year from now. Well, the East is still not, it's still available. Don't you think? Yes. I mean, yes. you know, Miami did, did, 
deserved everything they got, but I mean, they're not, they're not a scare. You don't, you're not scared of them. Right. There's nobody to be scared of. Milwaukee's been proven to be flawed to, and you know, charmingly flawed, you know, shall we say, uh, you know, and uh, they, they can be had as we know, we found that out. Uh, the Celtics are, you know, they, they need something else to go. Nobody's great. Step. Nobody. No, no, they, they there's can, no separation in the East yeah, to me. You know, can, not there isn't much. I think you can throw pretty much of a blanket over those teams we just discussed. And uh, um, so you roll the dice. You roll the dice one more year with this group and see I if would. maybe they're healthy enough. And, yeah. and and collectively, I mean, they've got a good bench. They're deep. Um, you know, again, without Oladipo, I thought they played pretty well for the most part this past season. And then, again, you take Sabonis off that team, too. Yeah. We, we, you and I are probably the two biggest Doma <laughs> Sabonis fans on the planet. Uh, it changes the entire um, – to me, it, it changes the entire uh, series uh, yeah. for the Pacers. They're not overwhelmed up front uh, by Bam Adebayo and, 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 and Miami. Um, so, all right, before we go on to the other coaching changes – so can I read you who the biggest – do you know who the biggest free agent is this year? No. I looked at this? Go ahead. So Anthony Davis is going to probably – you know, he's going to stay with the Lakers. We know that. Yeah. Brandon Ingram's restricted. They're going to match whatever it is from New Orleans. Uh, you know, Gordon Hayward's got a player option. He's going to take it, and, and maybe Danny H tries to deal him. But ultimately, I think Gordon Hayward stays in Boston. The best unrestricted free agent out of this class. You ready for this one? And I love this kid. I love him. 26 years old, average 17 and, and six, great defender, played on a team in which they went deep in the playoffs. They won a title two years ago, Robert Ryan. Can you guess who it is? Siakam. No, Fred Van Vliet. Oh, Fred. Love Fred. Fred Van Vliet, Fred Van Vliet is the best no unrestricted free agent out there for the taking. Well, how about that? Which shows you a lot about this. Again, yeah. no deals made. Everybody feels like Chris Paul is going to be dealt from Oklahoma City, yeah. most likely. And, and the interesting thing will be, Bob, could somehow LeBron James get his good buddy Chris Paul to the Lakers? I don't, I don't know how the money would, would work there no, with those either. three, but maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe, you know, again, if they have those three, they might need to fill out the roster with, with you and I rather than J.R. Smith and Deion Waiters because they're going to have no money left. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. Game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head up to Bet Online online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, what do you do? You, you figure, what, how do you project Rondo next year? Then you probably what don't say about Rondo. Chris Paul. Yeah, you probably don't. If you bring on Chris Paul, I would assume you're probably saying um, goodbye to, to Rondo. Um, but again, I, I think, listen, Chris Paul and LeBron have been buddies forever. Mm-hmm. It would uh, it would allow Chris Paul to maybe win a title before he uh, he hangs him up, which would be you know huge for him. That would him. be the that would be the, no, he'd be the Ray Bork of, yes. of basketball. That's right. Yep, getting one. Of that, I mean, that's a really a good analogy, by the way. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It would be at the <laughs> end the end of his career. He's not. Although, listen, Chris Paul had one hell of a year last year. He did have a good year. Great, great year. So 
if you're Oklahoma City, you got to be careful. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Gallinari, Montrez Harrell, another unre- – these are unrestricted ones. Really? I think Dragic might be. I'm not 100% on that one. But I think if Dragic is unrestricted, man, like right. that's a huge one for Miami to keep, number one. Yep. Or can he get paid at 35, whatever he is right now? Could he get one more pretty good contract for two, three years you wonder and really make, make money? But if you're Miami, I don't think you can let him go the way he played. Oh, I honestly believe he was their MVP in the, in the previous series and, and the, against the Celtics. I thought he was their night in, night out, most reliable performer. Uh, you know, Bam had the great explosive moments, but he was steady. They had three guys. I, I felt like Jimmy Butler, Bam, and and, and Dragic that were all yeah. absolutely terrific when they were on the court. But you know they might be thinking, well, you know, we remember we we none had that terrific year, right. and, and 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 you got to figure he, he's going to be able to build on that. They might be thinking, but but boy, I was reminded how good Dragic is. Yeah, you know, I I became a big. I saw I, I I filled in my application for the fan club on that one. Oh, you got to. I mean, watching him and how how. I don't know. He just, you felt like he, he had, uh, he had, he had the cojones every yeah. time out there. He wanted to take the big shot. Yeah. He did take the big shot. He made the big shot. You know, it was just he was one swift. of those things where, yeah, I, I felt like, again, his, you forgot, like maybe because he hadn't played on the big stage. So you just didn't really watch him enough. Yeah. I mean, because when he made the all-star team, he was on a Phoenix team. Nobody remembers anything. Exactly. About. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so that's the the free agent. Well, Fred Blamley, underwhelming as yes, a whole, say the least. And I think yeah, if, it is. If you're Chicago or or you're New York, I think you got to go after a Fred Blamley. I think those are the teams <laughs> to me that make the most sense. He's he's probably not unless Toronto wants to give him the money and he stays, which maybe he should because it's it, it's obviously been a great spot for him. Um, and, and you keep him with Lowry and Siakam and, mm. you know, why can't they be very good again next year? Where if you go to New York, you, you're not going to win. If you go to Chicago and they need a point guard, maybe it takes Chicago from a non-playoff team to, you know, s- sneaking in as the eight, seven seed. Yeah. But, you know, you stay in Toronto, you've built a culture there. Uh, Nick Nurse loves you. The city loves you. Um, but he's going to get paid. I mean, he's going to get paid 20, pu- 20 million plus easily. Uh, Fred Van Vliet. He's a culture guy. He guards at a high level, tough as shit. Like just everything, everything that's right about a team, but he he can't be a number one guy. No. He's got to have help. He he probably is ideal as your number three guy on, on a good team. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Well, happy for him. I've been a fan of his uh since I first saw him. And so I got like him. That's good. Good for him. Um the other big news of the week. Um are you a big analytics guy? Do you consider yourself? Big, no, I'm, I'm, I respect a, a, a place for it, yeah. but you know how I feel about the three. And, and then, you know, we're, we're going to get it to the Mr. Mr. Man who has had the most nefarious effect on the, on the artistry of the aesthetics of the game, in my view, ever. You so know, you, you are Bob Ryan cannot be a Daryl Morey fan. Cannot. No, I mean, no, not, not that when you're wedded. I mean, I like balance. Yeah. You know, I mean, the game, he, he has done more to emphasize that the, the, the three is the game than any individual ever. And and he changed it. Dow Morey, Tony LaRusso baseball and, and Dow Morey in basketball. And, and, and you know, because we he started here. You know, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know, but. Yeah, but uh, I didn't either. I didn't um, either. 
you know, he's, but no, I mean, he's, he's, so what's, I want to know what he's going to do. Yeah. So Daryl Morey, in case people don't know by now, um, I guess resigned is the, the term due to personal reasons. I'm not sure I'm completely buying that. Bob. I don't know. No, he says, yeah, that. I, I don't know either because obviously the owner, um, uh, for Tita, you know, is a guy that doesn't have a lot of patience with the Rockets. So you wonder if, if he had had enough, although you got to give Maury credit, like eight straight years in the playoffs. Yeah. A great job keeping right. them competitive. They got to a point. Right. You know, they got to I a point. I felt like the, the one thing with Maury that I always felt was he never, he, he never took into account the intangibles and chemistry. And he just threw guys together. And based on, again, maybe the numbers. And the numbers said, well, if we got a chance to get Westbrook to pair with with, with Harden, you know, let, let's pair them together and let's bring on Dwight Howard. And I just felt like it was just kind of – he was almost playing craps every every day. And sometimes you – know, In terms out. of this analytics-driven approach, there's a very interesting parallel in terms of a level of success reached between the Houston Rockets and the Oakland A's and Billy Bean. Yeah. Billy Bean – couldn't get it done uh, and uh, it, 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 nice little engine that could teams, you know, but playing that way, the way they did. But um, anyway, but now of course we're in a whole other world with, with the, the Friedman-esque and, 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 oh my God, yeah, that's baseball. We'll get that later. But um, no, I'm not a big fan of Daryl Morey in that sense, but I have to respect, you know, he's no fool. God knows, God, you know, and, and, and he'll hit you with the, with the numbers that, you know, you have to go, all right, all right, all right. But I still think that there's a place for a two-point shot. I still think there's a place for a low post game. I still think there ought to be one. And, you know, the Rockets took an extreme this year. They went absolutely completely hog wild, uh, event, you know, finally with a, putting a, an NBA team out there in 2020 with the tallest guy starting at 6'7", Covington, after they finally got rid of Capella and, and went the other way. And, and, you know, didn't get them where to get them. And really, a six-four center in PJ Tucker. Yeah, you know, right. I, there's, a, there's a place in the world for PJ Tucker, but you know, anyway, it's it's that's we can't talk about Dow Morey and not talk about the tweet, and 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 what kind of eventual fallout within the organization, and 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 and, and you know how angry the NBA people are in terms of the yep. money that he cost them. You know, sure. for taking a principled stand that he ought to be have a right as a citizen to take, but which kind of backfired, you know, in enormously in enormous way financially. For people who don't know, he is the general manager of the Rockets, who way back when tweeted a support of the Hong Kong situation with the Hong Kong people against the communist regime, and China re- re- reacted by uh, pulling the plug. On a, on a couple billion dollars worth of, of business that the NBA was doing. Finally relenting in game five of the finals Can't to come back it. and put the game on. If, by the way, that kind of went out kind of radar. pushback was Don't. there was on the, in, in mainland China that created that. Maybe there was some great pushback that we never heard about. I, I, I was amazed when you told me that. I, that went completely under the radar to me mm. um, that, that that occurred. So, all right. So the Houston Rockets now. Uh, they, I guess they promoted from within, uh, yeah. the general manager, they, they still don't have a coach now. How about the, the front runner? I guess, I don't know if this is true, but the three candidates are Jeff Van Gundy, Steven Silas, and John Lucas, who might be the front runner. I heard that. Well, first, that I would, you know, 
I have to give you the last interaction I have with John Lucas. You'll love this story. Go yeah. ahead. Give me your thoughts on John Lucas first. I root. I, I I want him to, and I want the end of the story for his incredible saga, drug battled saga. You know, to yeah. end on a positive note, because he's a bright guy. He's a, I think he's essentially a good person who you know who, no, obviously had a system that really had a problem staying yeah. away from the drugs. Okay, you know, I mean, I. I use him as right a how powerful it must be yeah. to have an addiction that, that the career that he basically shit canned, you yep. know, because of his addiction. Yep. He, yep. When he's a bright guy with two college degrees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's trying to help people now. So he does for a living. And I, I root for him. I had a nice breakfast in him once or twice a time in Boston, you know, but way back when, and we talked about all this stuff and, you know, yeah, good him. guy. He, he's been an assistant with the Rockets uh, for the last few years. So that gives him a little bit of an inside track. I'll give you a quick story. I'll try yeah. to abbreviate it. So I'm at a, uh, a, a, it's called the NBA Players Camp two years ago, not this past June, obviously, because it didn't take place, but the, the previous June, it's in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's the first year, it's all the top 100 uh, high school players. First year I got to it. And I went to it because college coaches were allowed and NBA personnel was allowed as well. So I get there and all these events now, uh, guys charge for the books and the information about the kids and all it is like rosters and where they go to school. And it's a bunch of nothing, maybe phone numbers. Um, They charge like $425 to each school. So Virginia had bought four of them. So they spent, do the math, $1,700 on four of these books, you, you needed to buy one for each coach, I believe, that was no. there. So I'm there. Coaches are complaining about it. I had to buy three books, blah, 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 blah. I spent, you know, 1200 bucks, And I made it out to John Lucas Enterprises. And I'm like, huh? Why would you make it out to John Lucas Enterprises? Well, John Lucas was running the camp, okay? <laughs> but, again, it's an NBA yeah. player camp sponsored by the NBA. So I tweeted something out there. I said, coaches are complaining. Uh, they made, this is quite a racket. I said, quite a racket for John Lucas. Ooh. I said, you know, there's 300 coaches here. Do the math times 400 bucks. John Lucas is rolling in it. So how about this? So he called me Ooh. from Mike Rice's. They were down on the court. We were up upstairs. All the coaches and NBA guys and media were up top. And all of a sudden I see on my phone, Mike Rice. Mike Rice, he's down there. And I look down at the center court, <laughs> down low, and John Lucas is holding the phone, right <laughs> Mike Rice. And he's yelling at me, I'm not making a dollar off this. I said, well, John, all, all I know is all the coaches are making the, money, the, the checks out to John Lucas Enterprises. He said, well, I'm not making – change that tweet. So I changed it to something like uh, John Lucas told me he's not making any money off this. Still a hell of a racket for whoever's getting paid. <laughs> So that was my last John Lucas. Actually, I might have seen him since briefly. So after. did you get any further info? I tried. I tried to reach out to the NBA Players Association to find out who the hell was getting paid off that thing. Yeah, that's something. Listen, all I know is if the, if the checks are made out to John, I, my guess, and I don't have proof of this, my guess is, Bob, this is the first year, again, that that happened. The NBA had no idea how much money was at stake that could be made off these books. So my guess is John Lucas never had to tell the NBA. They never would have known. And he 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 gets that money. 
And it's again, do the math, right? You're talking 400 bucks times 300 coaches. That's a, yeah, that's yeah. A good that's, amount. That's I'd like to 120 I'd grand. I take it. I take that. Right. I'll run well, a kid you know, for 20 grand. So I guess what I'm illustrating is John Lucas is a very smart individual, Bob. I know he is. Very, very smart. I know he is. And he was a first, he was, a first, he was the first pick of the draft in 1976. Yes. Number one pick, ladies and gentlemen, John Lucas. Out of Maryland. Hell he of could play player. this game. Yeah. And of yeah. course, you know, his other great claim to fame, he was, he was Renee Richards' doubles partner. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew he was a hell of a tennis player. He was Renee didn't... Richards. Really? Tennis partner, a doubles partner. Imagine him uh, playing tennis. Huh? Yes. Yeah, just. Yes. Strange, you know, like you don't see that, that good. basketball tennis combo. He was that good. Yeah. Uh, now, we, we've mentioned this before, but if, if it ever happens, Stephen Silas. Oh, my Son God. of my friend, Paul. Yep. yep. If he gets an NBA job, he would be the first NBA coach with whom I played Nerf ball on my knees in his living room. <laughs> listen, that, 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 that definitely will uh, result in a story. There'll and, be a story I would say Boston Globe. The first NBA coach that anybody has ever played Nerf ball with on their knees in the living room. Does that uh, make you feel anybody, old? Bob? Writing fraternity. <laughs> Does that make you feel old? No, it makes me feel good. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond all that. Hey, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm beyond that. I am. I, beyond that. I know how long I covered this league. Yep. Yep. I, oh, yeah. So, but, all right. Uh, so, um, and then we got New Orleans that I still think is a really good job. Like, yeah, I thought, I thought they'd be flocking to want to co- coach, you know. I don't know what David Griffin's doing, why he's moving so slow. You've got, you know, Stan Van Gundy. A lot of people he's, think he's going to get it. You, you've heard some other young coaches, assistants <laughs> be mentioned for the job. Um, I, I don't. I don't know what Griff is doing over there. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like why wouldn't you want to bring somebody in? The draft is now under a month away, less than a month it's away. Scheduled for November 18, scheduled. And they, they, they are still, hint, you know, hedging. Right. Right now. Right now. It's November 18. Even today in the morning. I already read the paper in the morning. There's a reference to it. It's, it's scheduled for. Yeah, I think it'll be the 18th. I, I think they're going to, unless something crazy happens, I yeah. think they're going to keep it for the 18th. But to me – if you're New Orleans, you want to have a coach in place. Yeah. If I'm David Griffin, I want to know, all right, what type of style are you running? Because that does factor in. It should factor in at times to who you're going to draft. If you're, you know, I don't know where New Orleans is off the top of my head uh, drafting, but like to me, again, if there's somewhere in that mid first round and you're picking between two guys and, and Stan Van Gundy's your coach, well, first of all, you want to know personality-wise, can that kid handle Stan Van Gundy? Yeah. Right? I mean, that's yeah. number one. Seriously. Seriously, so, yeah. I'd like to see both of the Van Gundys back in. So oh, I don't want Jeff back in. You want him because you want to listen to him. Yeah. I, 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 I like go- that about Stan, too. But but they're great personalities to have back on the sidelines. I know. But I, I felt this way for years. I said that he's serving a larger and more constituency than one little – I know. I think and, you're right. I, no, it I would I be a, and he proved he proved he can still coach when he do what he do with that USA team that uh, that yes. uh, you know without last year he certainly. I'd like to have coach. you know Houston and New Orleans and have Jeff or Stan. I think that would be fun too to have the Van Gundy <laughs> oh, against each other. Not, yes, it would. Right? Oh boy! <laughs> I mean, they're 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 two again, like we said, they're, they're they're great to listen to, but I think they also would add something. Um, to a league that 
you know, again, doesn't lack for entertainment and, and, and drama, but I, I think they'd add to it. They'd add to it. And I'd like to see Jeff back in because he, it's been so long. Oh, it's like, it's uh 13 years, I think. It's amazing. You don't see that very now, often. Dick, Ver, Dick Vermeil did it in football with a big, a big gap and, and, and got he away retired, with it. Though. Didn't, he, didn't Vermeil retire or no? Yeah, yeah I think so. Right. I don't know what he was doing in that interim. But was he doing any broadcast? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't anyway, you know, he came back and did it. But uh, Jeff, that's still, but the thing is, Jeff proved last year, he still got the chops. Yeah. I knew know that. I know. But I would miss him. I would, you know, but hey, you know, whatever makes you happy. Uh, I know we're going to get to the draft, of course, but just one thought crossed my head here when you mentioned the draft. And uh, is the biggest, what's your biggest curiosity? I know what mine is about the about the first round. Uh, what, what's I mean, your biggest... Probably who goes number one, Bob. I, I, I think it's as wide open as it's been. And, and you've got major question marks with all these guys that could go number one. LaMelo Ball, we've gone through it a little bit, but again, the lack of coaching, the lack of discipline, not an unbelievable athlete, but man, he can pass the ball, see the floor. Uh, not a great shooter either. Terrible form, kind of like his brother Lonzo. You've got Anthony Edwards out of Georgia who shot 40 from the field and under 30 from three. And his team lost just about every game he played last year. And then you've got James Wiseman who played three games, seven footer, long, talented, but a lot of people question uh, number one, his his motor, how how tough he is, and number two, do you draft a a seven footer with the number one pick with the way the game is right now? So See, I would that's say, my yeah. curiosity: who goes for James Wiseman, given the trend of basketball? Who goes for him? Now I'm thinking, I have no idea. You've seen him, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was hoping to see him much this year, but I didn't. In fact, he was going to come to uh, UConn. They, and, you know, I was going to go to the game. You know, there was no game. Okay. Um, is there Minnesota's anything? got the number one pick, Bob. Minnesota, which already has Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. The Is there anything pick. in him to, to, to project him into a facsimile of Anthony Davis? No, zero. Okay. Zero. Not that Absolutely Davis. zero. That's why I want to know. I don't know. Okay. Will not be Anthony question. Davis. That's uh, my question. Wise. He can't be Anthony Davis on the offensive end. He's just not, that's not him. Right. He can't handle it like that. He can't shoot it like that. Um, he, he's more probably more comparable to DeAndre Ayton than he is Anthony Davis. And I actually think Ayton is more talented um, from an offensive skills standpoint. So, but I, I, listen, I like Wiseman. I don't love him. I don't love Edwards. I don't love LaMelo. Obi Toppin probably goes like four. I like him. I, I just, I think they're all about the same. And in an ordinary draft, you'd have them all in that five to 10 range. And yeah. say, all right, right, I like him. I like him at five, but I don't like him at one. So I, I think it's honestly a curse right now. If you're Gerson Rosas, who's got the number one pick, just got the job as the GM of the Timberwolves. I think it's a curse to have the number one pick right now. No, well, like the year when Bennett was number one. And, you know, look at that. That, that was one of those years. And, and- got Chris Graham fired. Got Chris Grant fired in Cleveland because he took Anthony Bennett from a group that, again, there was probably no real win-win, uh, but he took the, the lose-lose there, which was yeah. Anthony Bennett, who's now not even in the league. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll focus. I mean, again, what are we at now? We're at uh, the 21st. But yeah, next week we'll, we'll, we'll start doing a little bit more of the draft. I'm sure we'll have a couple of these jobs that will be filled by then. And 
listen, we, we know there'll be more news because there always is with the NBA. Maybe yeah. Greg Marshall. Maybe we'll have a decision on Greg Marshall by then. Yeah. And if and then if not all else fails, I'll wheel about the three. Yeah, you I mean listen. I'll scream about the three. You know, that'll take us a few. We can do that every week. We can do that every week. All right. Well, listen. Appreciate it, Bob. We'll talk uh next week. Have a good uh have a good weekend. Okay, Jeff.